Patricia May Andrzejewski is a hard name to pronounce, especially when you see how it's spelled. There's a J in it for some reason. Thank goodness she fell in love and married a fella named Dennis Benatar. And that brings us to the name but the performer we all know and love, Pat Benatar, inducted in 2022 into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She's a hard rocking singer born mere footsteps from where this podcast is recorded and produced, Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Her folks moved her out to Lindenhurst, New York when she was a little girl. That's out in Long Island. She was recognized pretty early on as a singer with great skill and promise when she sang during a school production of Camelot. So she started taking voice lessons and was even accepted into Juilliard. But the problem was Dennis Benatar. He was drafted to go to Vietnam, so she married him, proved her love, and became a bank teller outside of Richmond, Virginia. It didn't take her too long before she had an epiphany, decided she needed to get back to New York City and relive those dreams and goals that she initially had as a singer. Not just any old singer, a female rock singer. You know, in those days, that was a thing that hardly existed. Until now. Pat Benatar came and changed the game, and that's where our journey begins. Hello, friends. Welcome to This Game Could Be Your Food. That's right. This band could be your food, and I am your host, Nathan Palin. Happy 2023, and thanks for joining me today. For the next hour or so, I'm going to be discussing Pat Benatar with New York City's number one Benatar fan, Kathy Cervenka. She's the curator of Kathyland, which has been a staple here in Gotham City. She's been known to do tributes for the likes of Madonna, Stevie Nicks, and of course, her all-time fave, Pat Benatar. Not only that, but we also put together a reflective dish, food if you will, that we think Pat Benatar would be if she were a food. We're going to tell you how to make that dish, make that food, and how to eat it. Well, you know how to eat it, whatever. Let's start uh, by going down that road and see where it takes us. And first, let me please ask you a moment of your time and effort. If you like this show, please subscribe to it and rate it on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends what we're doing here. Just try to explain this to someone. It's fun. Your support makes me want to do more episodes, which makes the winter depression more tolerable. Tell me that you love me. Actually, tell other people that you love me, and thank you for that. It really brightens my whites. Anyways, here's me and Kathy Cervanka talking about all things Pat Benatar. Well, cool. Well, thanks yes. for uh, coming out to Greenpoint. You're welcome. The very place that Pat Benatar was born. I know. That was bizarre when I saw that on the internet. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I heard it on I a podcast. I couldn't either. I thought it was really cool of you to move to Greenpoint for this show. I mean, you know, I'm it's, really dedicated. You're really good. Absolutely. At least I can do. I don't know how you do it. Totally. And it works out well because, uh, you know, th- to get uh, the proper food that we're going to eventually get to, uh, had to be here for it. <laughs> Where I mean, you can get it other places, but here you can get a wide oh. variety of different things. But I, I don't want to spoil it just yet. Okay. Um. So... Yeah, everyone hipped me to you, and I've known about you in in town because you do these Pat Benatar shows. Yes, I do. These tribute shows. Yes, I do. Um, And let me be honest with you. You know, I've slightly, 
unfairly panned Pat Benatar in my life as like a younger guy. Um, Pat Benatar has been, like been a staple on on radio, which is yeah. you know a, yeah. a, a big thing. I mean, I, I feel like she's one of those few artists that was able to like penetrate. You know, we'll say classic rock radio yes. in, in, in like real time, like while it's happening, like your Tom Petty or something like that. Like she was just kind of born to be on a classic rock radio right. station, like alongside all the classic rock bands. So it's been a lot of fun. So like, you know, having, and it's just been all of a sudden, like all these little pepperings of, you know, I've really listened to shadows of the night recently. And it's like, Oh my God, it's such a great song. And then, yeah. and then like uh, a band I was in, we did heartbreaker. Holy crap. One of the greatest the songs. Ever. It is. Yeah. Oh, it is. So, it's a showstopper and starter. Yeah, for sure. For me, totally. personally, is it? You that is, do it the is, beginning and the I end. I mean, um, if you if you had ever seen um, one of my shows, you would know the famous story of how I even ever thought I would be a performer or how I got started at all is about Heartbreaker. It's all about that song. Yeah. To the point that literally people, including my mother. If it comes on a radio or they're in the car or whatever, they are, they will have to send me a message. Yeah. <laughs> they're in the car. <laughs> like as if it's, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. my song. Sure. No, but the story is, I, I lived, it, it was a John Hughes movie come to life. I, you know, I'm from a conservative preppy town in florida called winter park it's outside orlando okay it was in the preppy handbook so yeah. that's like all you need to know and i was preppy i was like the goody two-shoes girl my whole life like mm. straight a's like i literally wore the papagallo purse and the matching top siders and the <laughs> socks matched the belt i mean i was it was over the top i didn't really feel comfortable in it. Like I knew it wasn't who I was, but I didn't know what I was or who I was. Sure. And in high school, after never having done any performing per se, singing wise, mm -hmm. um, I ended up finding Pat Benatar, you know, on the radio. And on when I first saw her, I was like that, I can do that. That's like me. Like she's short uh, she had no boobs, and at the time they called her the No Knocker Rocker. Really? <laughs> which I, of course, would, was proud to be another No Knocker Rocker. Sure. Unfortunately, <laughs> no longer, unfortunately, uh. with age. But um, she just looked, I was like, I could be that, I could do that. And the songs she was singing were like tough, you know, F you guys kind of songs. And that's mm -hmm. how I thought I was. That's I was like, I feel like that. I don't feel like a girly girl. Right. Yeah. So I saw her and just in some wild fantasy I had, I said, I can do that. And so I conned my boyfriend at the time I was in 10th grade and he was older. He was in the only band we had in high school and they were called, here's another story. Here's another podcast for you. Sure. They were called the termites. Nice. <laughs> As a tribute to the Beatles. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and they were the only band we had in our preppy, boring, conservative town. Yeah. And so they would play 60s British garage rock, right? As, cool. And they were like hired by every rich family to play by the pool at their yeah. parties and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I fell in love with a drummer. Of course, I then was thinking secretly, you know, I was secretly in my L.L. Bean sweaters saying, I know I can be something else. And so I conned them into playing Heartbreaker for the talent show in okay. high school. And I had my best friend whip up this mini skirt 
crazy outfit with fishnets and pumps. All right. I do not know how my parents let me out of the house. I think my dad <laughs> wasn't too excited about it. I somehow traipsed over to the high school auditorium, never done this before, and they played Heartbreaker probably pretty badly. I wish there was a video of it. Yeah. And it's I say it's a tough song. It is. And I won this show. Yeah. That's all you need to know. And I beat my boyfriend's band and they were <laughs> pissed. <laughs> they were really That's mad. Awesome. Yeah. And, and then a, a new star, and was, the star born. was born. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, you didn't try to, uh, your, your boyfriend was the guitar player of the other band. Drummer. The drummer. He was okay. the drummer. Did you, okay. So he was the, he was already, <laughs> I'm trying to make some segue of you oh. like trying to seduce the guitar player of the band. <laughs> No, it didn't happen. <laughs> because, um, I, yeah, I wish if I had ever found a Neil Geraldo, we would, I wouldn't even be talking to you right now. All I would, of us, in I'd the be world so would famous be right now if we had a, a Neil Geraldo yeah. in, our, in our lives. Neil Thomas Geraldo, who has been Pat Benatar's guitarist, co songwriter, and co musical director for the Pat Benatar Band, was born December 29th, 1955, in Cleveland, Ohio. Another key element to the story is that shortly after joining the band, he becomes Pat Benatar's lover and eventual husband. That's what we're talking about. More on that shortly. So, you know, I don't know if you listener know that much about Pat Benatar. Um, obviously, we're talking about her a lot more because she finally got uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I can sleep at night. Yeah. Crazy that she hasn't been for this long. Yeah. I was very angry. I was yeah. carrying a lot of anger. I think it's sometimes that anger superseded the anger at the elections and other <laughs> less important things, of course. It, than, really, it, it really than highlights the Rock how, and Roll Hall of Fame. The, the unjustified the world can be. It really is. Um, no, but everyone knows I put up funny memes and posts, you know, yeah. every time you led the it charge, came up. Sure. I tried to lead the charge. I went to Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just to put a vote in, even though it's irrelevant. The audience yeah. vote means nothing. Yep, yep, but yep. it visually meant something at Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I got to press the button, you know. Yeah. And, and not only, yeah. she was like the number one fan uh, voted artist last year, yeah, right? When yeah. she was in there? She's always in the, and was always in the top three. Like if you went to the Hall of Fame where they have live voting all the time on this mm. machine, yeah. then they have a thing. She's always been there in yeah. the top tens. That's why this whole thing is, it's, I mean, we all know it's Rock absurd. and Roll Hall of Fame is a joke. Of course. And here's the and thing. And a boys club. And I always said to people, yeah, we know it's a joke, but to regular people who don't know how the industry works, mm -hmm. right? It it's on paper. It's a record. It's it goes down in history. So yeah. she should be there. Absolutely. That's all I cared about. Was that she was with there with everybody else. I don't who cares about rock and roll hall of fame? Right? For sure. But yeah, she should be <laughs> thought because, you know, the, yeah. the, she has sung some of the greatest songs. That uh, are absolutely. There, you know, and has records for I mean, record literally records. <laughs> records on of records. Um you know, for a female artist specifically, that's other people have never surpassed in terms of rock. Yeah. That's the key. Sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, the second video yeah. ever played on MTV uh -huh. after yeah. Video Killed the Radio Star. It's yeah. a little thumbnail, you know, thumbtack. Yeah. And then uh, also recently figured out, it also said that uh, the guitar player, Neil, that was the first guitar player that was on. Because obviously That's that correct. first song is yeah. nothing but yeah. synthesizers. So That's yeah. right. One of those little weird side things. But yeah. Yeah. Anywho, let's get about, let's start talking about the food. Okay. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> when I, when I initially thought of Pat Benatar, you know, mm -hmm. her story is, you know, she was sort of plucked out because mm -hmm. she had an amazing voice. Somebody recognized her talent when she was very young. Um, she was born in mm -hmm. Greenpoint here in Brooklyn. Though, oh, yes. So we are 
standing at the home of footsteps away from like where she was uh, born. I mean, I don't think she she didn't live here for very long. I don't think so. Eventually she made it out to Long Island. uh, Lindenhurst, Long Island. Lindenhurst, Long Island. I'm going to go ahead and say a pretty ordinary (laughs) suburban-y kind of a community. Yep. Um, Yeah. And then after she was like working on her dreams for a little while, uh, becoming a better singer, she got an audition at Juilliard. Right. Um, but was in love with this, this fella, Dennis Benatar. Um, so those yeah. of you playing at home, Pat's real name, <laughs> do you know what her, can you pronounce her real name? I don't know how to pronounce it. I was going to look it up. To, it's Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Jusky, Andrew Jukowski. Yeah. I think that the J is pronounced like a Y. Andrew so Jukowski Andrew, or something. Andrew Yus, I think it's Jusky. Something like we can that. look it up. If yeah, yeah, yeah. Her father's Polish. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly. Anyways. Yeah. You think so? Does from the name. No, yeah, I mean that name. name. Come on. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> but I heard her in an interview. She'd, she'd like claimed herself as being Irish. Her mom is Irish. I think three things, German, yeah. Irish, and English. English. Yeah. Yeah. I looked it up too. So, <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, she gave up her dreams to marry Mr. Benatar. Yeah. And then they, Correct. because he, it was, he was enlisted in the army and was being sent to Vietnam. Right. So yeah. she wanted to be there for him. She gave up her dreams. Yep. She moved to Richmond, yeah. Vir- yeah. outside Richmond, Virginia, and became, let's say a housewife and a bank teller. She was a bank teller. Yep. You know, just living your regular housewife sort of. Life. But let's be clear, this is she's really young. So it's oh not yeah, like, she's nineteen. <laughs> it's not like she's. she's not it's not like she's enough. toiling away for. Yeah. You know, no, it, no, no, it, no. it went. It's pretty fast in terms of your whole life. But yeah, yeah. it took her about three years for her to wake <laughs> up. Right, she saw Eliza Minnelli performance. Right, come taste the wine. Come here. And that was a pivoting moment. She she had said, right. I'm, I'm better than her. Right. right. <laughs> or I can do that. I mean, you know, that's, I think we all start that way in some. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm sure I could trace back shows I saw. Then she, she kind of like leaves her suburban lifestyle because she wants to be a singer and she yep. gives up her dreams. So like, yep. and meanwhile, she's still, she's still married. So she's sort of right. like working and, and then, yep. uh, and she know. sang in some bands. She did. Yeah. Um, that first band, well, was she, I think she started working at this place where it was like a singing yeah. slash waitress. <laughs> right. Job one of those where, yeah. You just kind of deliver your fun food places then, and then jump up on stage and say the roaring twenties. That was the, yeah. Name of the place. Yeah. Um, and then she became kind of paired up, I think, with a piano player or something. Coxton mm-hmm. was his Coxton, last name. Yep. And then they started a band called mm-hmm. Coxton's Army. They yeah. were like a 10-piece yeah. group. And But yeah. the point I'm getting at yeah. is that she's always had this sort of like housewifey sort of thing. Yep. So to me, yep. I, I'm when I think of a, a housewife <laughs> and a food, <laughs> I, I, I immediately <laughs> think of a, a tater tot casserole. <laughs> So, um, well, you got the Irish in there, right? Yeah, and, you, you know, got the, yeah, yeah, the potatoes. That's good, are, are good idea. There. You know, it's 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 like another. Ver- it's like an American version of like a shepherd's Tater pie, yeah, more or less. Uh, <laughs> and but then you were, you know, you were you were highlighting the fact that you know she's Polish, yeah. So and and, and her family is very much a, a foodie kind mm-hmm. of family. Like her her husband. Uh, mm-hmm. Neil mm-hmm. loves the food and they also love mm-hmm. meat. 
Right. Uh, I saw that too. He comes from, I think, uh, Sicilian descent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, do I do, mm. do, do I, uh, Italian food in there? But yeah. so, uh, but considering that we're in Greenpoint, it would be a shame <laughs> if we did not add kielbasa to whatever it is we're making. So uh, we are All making right. a kielbasa and cabbage tater tot casserole. Yay. Yeah, here we go. The thing about Pat Benatar, though, to be clear, is always going to be there's not a lot of there's not a lot to talk about about her personal life because it's kind of too perfect. Yeah. And it's almost irritating, (laughs) (laughs) at least to me. It is. I mean, for a rock star, she doesn't have any of the foibles and normal storylines that you're going to encounter. So it's almost like you're just reading a little, you know, story. It's not that's not the. That's not the interesting part of Pat Benatar. Sure. It's actually say. more about the music with her yeah. than it is like For, the absolutely. controversy. Now she yep. didn't, did she, there does is she no drink? controversy. She, I have no idea. And yeah. it's not an issue. <laughs> it's, yeah. She has not succumbed to any sort of addictions. <laughs> not that we're aware of. Um, um, or any, no, well, I no. mean, th- there is the saucy story of the two of them getting together. In the right. First place. But it's very, it's more of a sexy story. It and is. When they tell it, they still look like they're going to attack each other. I mean, yeah. they love each other they do. in a way that I can't, it's too much. Yeah. It's really too much. For Yeah. As long as the two of them have been together. So. Oh yeah. And yeah. they seem like they still are just like that way. Which they do. There are people like that. I didn't, you know, not many. Yeah. So I don't know how they did it in the industry, but I do think they're an anomaly, both of them. Um, and of course we're saying they, to me, the most interesting sort of, if you want to talk about a controversy is sort of the bringing in of Neil as her equal mm-hmm. on billing for sure. And how they're listed. So that's always a topic people ask me about. Yeah. Um, well, let's get yeah. there. Yeah. We'll, sure. we'll, we'll, we'll check back in with the story. Let's rewind. She, the storyline where, where we're at right now. She has, she's been in this band, Coxton's army yeah. and she's decided to leave them so that she can go to New York city. Um, my understanding is right. she hears about catch a rising star. Right. Okay. That's uh, a little club. Is that Greenwich Village? Was I think it was. Then. Uh, I thought it was more known Maybe. as a comedy store. It was. It yeah. was. But they had, I guess, like a talent yeah. type, you know, cabaret. Yeah. yeah. Type venue at that. Now we have a special treat, a young lady who actually started here, and Rick Newman saw her and said, "Okay." <laughs> One of the smartest things he ever did, and we're very proud to present her tonight. Please welcome Chrysalis recording star, the one and only Pat Benatar, ladies and gentlemen. She would just go in and sing cabaret songs, like the Liza Minnelli stuff, but then Judy Garland. And then also she, I think she got her claim to fame kind of doing a Led, a cabaret version of a Led Zeppelin song in there. Oh, yeah. So like, you know what I mean? She brought the rock and roll to this normally not rock and roll venue. For sure. So people were like, "Wow, yeah. right?" I mean, one, one that must that, have been cool. I wish I could have heard that. Super <laughs> cool. I mean, one thing that should be understated mm-hmm. is like most mm-hmm. musicians that are sort of brought up with like a schooling mentality, right. I feel rarely get into rock and roll. She, you know, right. as we'd said, had been noticed her talent like right away. So right. she was training to be. I'd heard a mezzo soprano, right. but also is a, a colorado. Oh. Are you familiar with no, this term? I'm not. This term is, it, mm. it, it means that she can not only sing mm. in one particular 
uh, register. She just has a multi octave voice, right. so she can hit no, you know, right. like super right. high notes, super low notes, right. and, and you can hear. And I it. believe that, yeah, yeah. She's got yeah. such range and depth. Yep. So, you know, yeah. a serious singer, yeah. and you know, loved loved the Broadway, loved yeah. Liza Minnella, but. Also, when she was thinking about her sound, about what she wanted to do as a band, she was into like Led Zeppelin right. and the Rolling Stones right. and things like that. And so she just wanted to have a rock band, which right. I guess at that time, how much rock did we have from the ladies? Yeah, it was a, well, it was a different kind of rock. You know, yeah. you were looking at, you were looking at the 70s kind of rock, you know. Yeah. Sort of the California rockers and. Sure. Stevie Nicks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, they bring up like Susie Quattro. I feel like yeah. there's a parallel with Susie Quattro and her. A little bit. Like there might have been like a shared producer or something. Yes. Mike yeah. Chapman, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's what, that's what I'd heard. But he did a lot of, you know, early 80s ladies. You know, he did yeah. Blondie and some other people too. So oh, yeah, yeah. He was kind of that guy. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. She got a gig. I think it was a four night gig at Tramps, which was like a cool club over. It was like, I actually went to it a hundred years ago before it closed. Um, it was over in like, I want to say, if I get this wrong, Michael T will be on me. <laughs> I believe it was like in flat, like Chelsea Flatiron, you know, like okay. in that twenties right. and um, a Chrysalis Records executive saw her sing there okay, and that was it. So then they signed her, you know, back in that day, they signed you as a, per, as a talent. Yeah. And then they put together your record. Totally. Like it, it wasn't like, Oh, what are you guys doing in this? It was like, hi, we want you. And now we're going to do this and this. It's true. Um, so she so got that many, assembled band. Totally. So, I mean, so many bands, like even you, you don't like, you think of Elvis Costello and the attractions, it's the exact same thing. Like he, his first album didn't feature the attractions. His second record, the the label's like, we should get you a band. Just and like they just called yep. a bunch of yep. random dudes. Yep. And the chemistry was right. Unfortunately for Pat Benatar's first round of recording, the record company got it wrong, right? Mm -hmm. I, they just brought in some session yeah. musicians and she was really depressed mm -hmm. about it. She was just like, this mm -hmm. is my one yep. chance and I have failed. And then somebody had said, listen, I know this guy, yeah. Neil Gerardo. I don't think it was him yet, but yeah. What's his name? Geraldo. <laughs> Neil Gerardo. <laughs> well, this is embarrassing. So far, Kathy and I have said Neil's last name two ways incorrectly. It's not Geraldo or Geraldo. It's Geraldo. At least that's what Jane Pauley says. And when has Jane Pauley been wrong on anything? Carry on. So... They call him in and they kind of do a meeting and Pat Benatar says that her, she was upset when he first arrived yeah. because uh, yeah. he didn't even uh -huh. bring a guitar with him. She's like, well, who is this jerk just sliding in here? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But he came in <laughs> yeah. and yeah. she loved his guitar playing. He loved her mm -hmm. singing. Mm -hmm. And he sort of brings up mm -hmm. the fact that his life, his lifelong dream had always been to sort of find a singer and be able to work with the talent that they have and create a band, create a sound. Uh, Cause he knew he wasn't mm. singing. So, right. And so his dreams just sort of kind of fell into his lap right there. Yeah. Hey, here's this lady who's just, it been just kind of ma They just kind of matched up in all those magic ways. And, totally. and that's how they tell that story too, where, yeah. you know, they kind of fell in love at first sight. If that's mm -hmm. a thing yeah. musically and otherwise, even though they didn't address the otherwise until, 
A little later. A little but, bit later. But when they first meet, they're both. It's got to be hard to resist. Are <laughs> they both married at that point? She, she is. is no, he is not. He was not. He's not. No. But I'd heard that he no. was. With he was the, young. He was like super young. He was like only 19 years old. Wow. He's younger than her. So. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you know who his uh, girlfriend was at the time? No. Linda Blair. Oh, yeah. Linda Blair. Yeah. Yeah, I did kind of know that. From actually. The In the back of my mind. <laughs> But that's the other weird trivia is that Linda Blair had some, I don't know what her deal was with rock and rollers, but she also had lived with for a long time, Rick Springfield. Really? At age like 16. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a Rick fan too, but yeah. you know, Rick's personal life is not something I am that sure. proud of, but um, that, you know, in that day, all that kind of weird stuff was happening. But anyway, she, I think Rick even like, got her signed over from her parents to live with him. Really? <laughs> yeah, as a teenager. So it is kind of wacky. But um, so I'm assuming through that rock and roll grapevine, she met all these guys yeah. because Neil and Rick, they're friends as well. Yeah. And you know, Neil plays the guitar solo on Jesse's Girl, which is, is, one ju- of, is such a great, yeah. I such know, a great trivia. I, yeah, it's a super great trivia. Like, I, I didn't, I just discovered that. He also mm-hmm. played guitar and bass at, le- at least mm-hmm. on I'll Do Everything For You. I've done everything for you. You've done nothing for me. I've done everything. Yeah. Do yeah. Everything. Yeah, my Which, fave. Do you know who, was, who wrote that song? Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar. <laughs> learned so many I know. things. I know. Recently. Somehow I like that one. Of It's my favorite. I like a couple Sammy Hagar songs, but when you know it's Sammy Hagar, all of a sudden yeah. you can just, <laughs> you're like, that's a Sammy Hagar song. The way it's just a repetitive chorus that really, the lyrics are just ridiculously yeah. simple. Yeah. But that's the beauty of Sammy Hagar. Totally. And then you think about, <laughs> I feel like that it's mm. it's just like, I, I can't drive 55, like the regular part. Exactly. It's just one chord. Well, my favorite, my favorite Hagar song is Your Love is Driving Me Crazy. Your love is driving me crazy. Oh, yeah. It is so ridiculous and pop, and I love it, but it's the same words over and over. Yeah. It has no yeah. it has no narrative or content. Uh, he, he, he's but got a thing. He has had a life, you know. Oh, quite, quite, quite a life. Quite a life. Continues And to. career, and he so, he still does. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> all of his dreams were came true. All of his dreams. And continue yeah. to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, all right. So, so we digress. We, yeah. And, and, and regress. Let's get back into okay. it. So, okay. So yeah. Where are we at? She meets Neil there. Yeah. They get hooked up into this band to put together her first album. The first record, mm-hmm. uh, which features, um, mm-hmm. they, they have, a one single. What's that first single that comes out before heartbreaker. That's not as good. We live for love. We live for love. Yeah. That song was always on and it doesn't sound really like, you know, that first album is really like a lot of first albums at that time where they were obviously employing songwriters and like grabbing, oh, maybe she can tr- do this. Maybe she'll be this. Yeah. Maybe she can do disco. Maybe she can do country a little, you know, totally. and they were trying to find out what she could do. And you could just tell on that record. It's so eclectic, but that's why I love it. Yeah. But it's very eclectic and odd. It totally. is not a bunch of heartbreakers. Yeah. You know, it's no, not no, heartbreak. No. It's, it's not like that. Yeah. Um. So I love singing that album. And that's one of the shows I've done a lot is singing that whole album because 
I love the all the different getting the challenge of singing it is fun. Sure, it's yeah. really fun. Also features that uh, John Cougar Mellencamp. Yes, song. I need a lover. Yeah, you which I love too. Did she release it first? Um, or did John Cougar release it first? I'm not sure about releasing it. I've heard his version a lot, so I don't yeah. on the radio. The radio's been playing. I'm his not sure. That's now. a good that's a good question. Here's some answers for you. I Need a Lover was the debut single from John Mellencamp. It was on his album A Biography, an album that was never released in the United States, back when he was known as Johnny Cougar. It became an Australian top 40 hit. And so when Johnny changed his name to John Cougar and made his debut U.S. album. They included the song on there and also released it as a single. And it also charted in the United States, number 28 on the Billboard Hot 100. 79, same year that Pat Benatar releases her record in the heat of the night and apparently got significant radio airplay. Carry on. So then they finally release Heartbreaker. Yeah. Not, not written by yeah. those guys. Yeah. Written, written no. by another band called, uh, I forget. Heartbreaker was written by Jeff Gill and Cliff Wade. And I went and looked these guys up and there's not much more to report other than these two guys were in some of the worstly named bands I've ever heard. One guy sang in Fickle Pickle. And if you think that's bad, then the two of them were in the Beaver Brothers. Ah, get your heads out of the gutters, Beaver Brothers. Oh, I forgot. I interrupted the conversation so I can play you the original version of Heartbreaker recorded in 1978 by Jenny Darren. Listen. Especially drumming. The drumming. It's really hard. It's like, yeah. Most drummers I work with will say to me that obviously was done in the studio and someone was on cocaine. Yeah. That's what they would say. Yeah. That, or else they just cut the tape in the beat. middle right. and put yeah, it together. It's like it's too long. It's let's make possible. it shorter. I don't care how it lines up. <laughs> yeah. It's possible. Yeah. So great song. So, and then, um, but, but it does feature, yeah, the, 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 the Neil Gerardo mm-hmm. song. Neil Geraldo. And we live for love, which I do love, but it's different for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So then we segue after that. We, we already have a, yeah. A hit record on our hands here, right? Not too bad. Already so started then, off pretty good. Started off pretty good. She already started off pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. And so like the 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 wheels are falling off of each other's relationships. It is said that uh as Linda Blair mm-hmm. actually cheats mm-hmm. on Neil, oh. Neil maybe conf- with maybe Neil with conf- Rick again, who knows. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently yeah. Uh, Neil confides in Pat uh, about how okay. terrible. Oh, I can't uh, believe that she cheated on uh, me. And Pat Benatar is like, all right, time to time to <laughs> cut off this piece of dead wood <laughs> in Dennis Benatar. Oh. But you do have to admit, he, he did give her a great last name. That's the whole, that's what I always say. It's almost like it was all set up. Again, perfectly for her. Yeah. She never would have made it with her original name. Yeah, she would have that we don't it even we can't even pronounce, even no, though we, we can't. Know. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to. Uh, which, um, which makes me like yeah. think back to another little tidbit. Um, she kind of had a famous look of wearing like this um mm-hmm. tiger print leotard. Uh she apparently had wore that uh, for for one of like uh 
a mm-hmm. Halloween costume. Yes. She was dressing up for, do you remember? Halloween. She, yeah. Yeah. She, Catch she a Rising a, Star. She was dressing or some, as, or as some a, other, oh no, another club, another club. Cafe Figaro. Yeah. yeah also in Greenwich Village. Yeah. Right? That's it. And she was dressing up as a character in a B movie called Catwoman of the Moon. Correct. Something like that. Yes. And correct. And apparently she had to jump up on stage and, and do her song. And there was a connection there. She finally sort of found a look, you know, like wearing yeah. this leotard, yeah. which I, for some reason, yeah. the word Benatard and leotard. I know I used to say Benatard. It's kind of almost the same word. Yeah. I used <laughs> to, well, I used to have when the internet, the, you know, when the internet was invented, um, I, mm-hmm used to think it would be great to have a group called the Benetards, but then it was, everyone was offended by it. Not of course realizing it was. So it was, I was just depressed that I couldn't use it. Woke. It didn't sound right. I And I understand <laughs> it doesn't sound right. Don't write us letters. Yes. Um, but I did love the idea of her, launching a line of leotards called Benetards. <laughs> it's such a, it's just like, it's so, I was like, this is it. I'm going to make her a million right dollars. It's just sitting right there. It was right there, but yet <sighs> so close, but yet so, so far, far politically not correct. Oh, yeah. Sorry, but I love the idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. You know, her look is part of what made her who she is and interesting. But again, the irony to me is for someone who had this distinct leotard trademark signature thing going on her the album you know the first album cover she's in that ballet mm-hmm. you know like i mean the whole thing the second one she's in ballet the first one she's in a leotard with a with a skirt on but the point is you and she was so tiny and so like all this you know she just looked awesome and all this yeah. stuff yeah and um but if you when you see who she is as a person it's almost I kind of really believe her when I, you know, when it's kind of like I had to put this outfit on to become this stage persona because as a person, or if you ever hear her talk or just about her other, her life, it wasn't like she was wearing those leotards to go to the grocery store. Sure. Whereas other rock chicks like Joan Jett or even Debbie Harry, you felt those identities and what they were wearing is who they were. And they were wearing those clothes all the time. Sure. It's a weird little thing about her because she wasn't overtly sexual Yet those were the clothes of the time that were that that worked for her. But I think mm-hmm. it led her to some of the problems she had based on her own autobiography and stuff about being treated a certain way in the music industry. Yeah. But without Neil, she probably would have been abused in some way like everyone else was. You've, but I think I think he, right. he was it's lucky he was around yeah. or I think she would have had a different story. Yeah, I think so. Though she's always been, from what yeah. I can tell, pretty tough. No, she is. And, and she's, I just think she's a person who doesn't care so much about the fame and the glamour of it. I mean, even to this day. And that's what makes her, like, you know, in a weird way, like the same reason why at some point, maybe some people, I don't know about you, but maybe some people were like, she's just not cool. I mean, she's not a cool rocker. But yeah. over time, right, she's lasted the test of time, looks mm-hmm. fantastic, and has kept her integrity of who she is. And yeah. maybe in the end, that's tougher and cooler. Sure. Yeah. Than trying to be cool. I mean, it, you know? it probably goes along the line of like, just not having a controversial life for anybody to talk yeah. about. Like all she's had is the music. That's right. And, and she's authentic about it though, as opposed yeah. to some people. So she wasn't ever living a dual life, which yeah. is, you know, maybe why she never also though, didn't rise to the level of her peers in terms of, becoming a visual icon or a style icon, you know, she's just been underplayed 
and yeah. underappreciated all these years, which is why I'm so thrilled about. Totally. The She's rock had and roll to wear a lot of hats. I mean, she has yep. been brave enough that, you know, every album sort of progresses. Oh, like, yeah. They've always had an idea to The sort first of four are like my, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and it, it, we start getting into yep. like Shadows of the Night, which oh, is, a, you know, and We fantastic. Belong oh, is just this dance song. Yeah. You know, I don't want to just yeah. gloss over her whole catalog. Yeah. But I mean, if you look at everything in sort of like a greatest hits package, it, it plays more oh, like a compilation. Gosh. Sure. But there is her voice, which mm -hmm. is undeniably amazing. It's singular and it's unique. There's, yeah. the, I mean, there's, it doesn't sound like anyone else. Yeah. There's so many different, con I analyze this constantly. I don't know why, because I'm a weirdo. But I always think about singers and bands, like what makes a great singer versus a great front person versus, you know, mm -hmm. there's all those different categories. Yep, yep. And I have really come to the conclusion that even if I look at my own loves of my rock life, um, the commonality for me is usually a good or great singer. Um, I don't tend to like atonal or just total punk rock singers. That's sure. not my thing. Mm -hmm. I like melodic rock. Um, but I do like a lot of bands with just a really strong front person. And I really, when it, when I analyze it, I don't end up caring who I don't care. Like I need the per the songwriter to sing the song. You know, that isn't what really matters. It's the power of the combination of the song and the singer and the band production. If that's working, who cares who's doing what? Sure. But in their case, I think what I learned was I was an, I used to be the opposite. I used to be like, why is Neil get Neil out of here? Pat Benatar's really? name is everything. Who does he think he is? Right. Yeah. But you have you to learn because yeah, you well, <laughs> I was more feminist about it, but sure. I was also feminist about it. Like, why would you, why does she need to, to put his name up there and all that stuff? And then I would hear their interviews. And then I learned more about how their whole process in this story that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And of course, it makes total sense. I'm with now, you. I you was, know. I mean, when I heard that he was getting inducted along with her, like with the names and everything, mm -hmm. I was initially offended. Mm -hmm. It's like, how come you can't just let Pat have her day? Right. And that's how I used to think about it when they started doing their shared billing, because my mind was it's Pat Benatar. I knew it. it's an act. It's a band. It's mm -hmm. a it's a whole entity. Yeah. I never thought they had to be called out. But because they're married and because um, he let's face it, he truly is a production wizard. And so yeah. without him, most of those songs and the arrangements and obviously the guitar, yeah. let alone that I enjoyed looking at him as well. Um then it all makes, you know, it makes sense to me now. And I'm glad they're both getting in and, and absolutely yeah. for rock and roll hall of fame. I think their name should be in there. Yeah, yeah. I just, at the beginning, like for merchandising and stuff, I just thought they went a little far where when she was being underappreciated for many, many, many years where people don't even mention her name and I would do the tribute show and I would just get all these people saying, Oh my God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cause it's ridiculous when other women of the eighties are on t-shirts at department stores as we speak h&m forever yeah. 21 has images of Cher and blondie and joan jett pabinatar is notably missing so she has missed i would say years years of merchandising and sort of that in the the imagery and the and creating creating a brand yeah she didn't do she didn't do well creating a brand all those years and it looks like now it's turning around yeah. so good for her even it may have taken a while but good for her yeah Interesting that it didn't. I mean, the, yeah, the she had it, it everything like there. She did like the label had. Just, she had that yeah. that haircut. I mean, she. Linda, that girl looks just like Pat Benatar. I know. Wait, 
there are three girls here at Ridgemont who have cultivated the pet Benatar look. She didn't have long hair. Yeah. I mean, in those days, yeah. it's like you can't even imagine. I, yeah. Of course, you know, I, I remember when I listened to a lot of hair metal and the first time <laughs> that I saw the band Extreme, the drummer had short hair. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I didn't think you were legally allowed to- What's wrong with for you? For a drummer even, you know is what I mean? Is that a wig? Is the, is the regular drummer sick? <laughs> More than yeah, she didn't go with the trends at that point either. And- um, but, you know, I think there's a funny thing with her about hair, too. I could go on. A, I could do a podcast about Pat Benatar's hair. <laughs> but, um, and because yeah, we've I've analyzed it, you know, I think her trademark that I wish she had stuck with longer was the pixie rock chick hair yeah. from You Better Run. That's the image everybody has, the spandex pants, the striped shirt and those her famous ankle boots. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's her ultimate iconic look of all time. Mm -hmm. And then in later years when she did try to grow her hair and she went through the perms, like, by the way, I emulated her and I once had this, the worst perm ever in high school to where my mother had to lie and write a note to the school. And she said, I had mono and I didn't go to school for because like your perm looks three days. <laughs> yeah. I had to go back to the beauty salon. They had oh, to man. try to relax it. Yeah. And I did it just like hers and hers is pretty bad. If you ever find a picture of the exact moment, she did a total curly perm. And then left the bangs straight right here. Oh. I did the same thing. No, but I did the same thing. Okay. Well, guess what? If you're, first of all, I don't, I'm not Pat Benatar. So I'm no. already behind, right? You know, I'm already not making it. Sure. And then on top of it, on my wide check face, um, not working. And yeah. um, I literally cried. <laughs> I cried for days. Like my friend and my boyfriend had to come over and be like in my room, like consoling me for days. It was horrifying. So she's responsible for that trauma, but um, she had some there bad, a, there was a lot of, she bad had some bad moments because she, yeah, because we'll get back, get back to the original. I just, I don't think she was living the rock life. So therefore she didn't have the organic style influences. And you know, that's what it is. It's like, if you, if you're not in the scene and you're not making the rounds and you're not out at clubs, you're not going to look cool yeah. just walking around. So I think she was, being styled in all of these album covers and things. Mm -hmm. And it didn't always work. Um, but those early years were the best. There's no doubt. Like you can't beat her. Yeah. My, uh, yeah. my mom was a beautician and she would do perms for other people in her house. <laughs> oh my it is the worst smell. <laughs> I would rather smell like a, wow. dead, a dead body. Wow. We're having, <laughs> well, oh, wait, be careful what you say there. Be uh, careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perms are so not in that. I almost think it's funny how they kind of, they just kind of disappeared. Although I think secretly there are, I mean, I have he heard whispers at, at salons I'm in where they'll be like, well, we, you know, we still do uh, like, you know, body perms for people and stuff. And I'm always like, what? I've never even, never heard of this. So I had no idea if they're still doing it, but um, it sure isn't visible. Maybe the, there's a black, maybe there's a secret like black market for perms and you have to go to secret locations. They'll I don't come know. back. I mean, mustaches <laughs> came back. <laughs> well, if guys, if hair, you know, hair metal hair would come back, I'd be happy. But um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that, you know, without the music, I don't know if it works. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> We didn't mention that Crimes of Passion is the second album where You Better yes. Run lives. And, you know, that's where her, that's her yeah, biggest album that's, ever. Hit, hit me with your best shots. Yeah, that's her biggest album because of that single, which uh -huh. I hate. And I also like she hates either. too. Yeah, she, do you she's, think she's now just not used, singing it anymore. Is she going to, is she using that as an excuse yes, to not sing absolutely. it anymore? Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> for all the years I've seen her, you know, she tours almost every summer. Um, even, even when no one 
knew it, right? Yeah. You know, at tiny places. And I'd be like, uh, it's Pat Benatar. And everyone was like, she's still around, yeah, you know, that, yeah, yeah. that era. Um, no, she would always preface it with, I hate this song. I'm not going to sing the lipstick notch line. So you guys will sing it. Cause she hated that. The lyrics are so horrible, really, you know, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I knew she hated it. I hate it. I get asked to sing it all the time at karaoke nights or at people's, you know, events. Sure. Birthday. You know, the, that's the song they select for me. And then they're like, here, Kathy's. And I'm like, oh, like, a, like please, anything but that. Because it's yeah. just corny. Um, but whatever. It worked, right? And it's still a yeah. big hit. And it's, I think it's is number, like, maybe the number one female karaoke track of all time yeah. still i think so um one of them anyway yeah. so yeah it and that album is amazing and i have performed that one in entirety and it's just it's just non-stop you know it and again it does have those soft look we were just talking about she had those soft amazing songs where she got to do, use her falsetto yeah and they're stuck in there and you know that was the time when we all sat and listened to record albums with a record player. Absolutely. Um, so my memories of those first albums are very much tied to a record player, and that does change how you hear music and what you do with it. And you know how you would hit the end of the album and then turn it over. So mm-hmm. I always say in my show the the track that at the time didn't make sense to me. I hated it. And I hated singing it because it's super hard is Wuthering Heights. Yeah, and, Kate Bush. Yeah, and I didn't know Kate. I mean, who was Kate Bush at that time? Nobody to me. I mean, totally, I, hello, Winter Park, Florida, everyone. 100%. <laughs> and uh, Google it. And um, I had no clue, right? So yeah. it was weird. The song didn't fit anything about that album or her. It's it, other than showing off her operatic voice. So, I mean, many years later, right, to college or whatever, when I hear Kate Bush and that song comes on, I just started laughing. Because then when I heard her do it in her kooky, crazy Kate Bush way. I go, well, that makes sense oh, yeah. that way, you know, now these, you know, this whole drama makes sense, but I thought it was funny that, you know, someone had selected it and said to Neil, probably like, make this work. Yeah. And then she's singing it very straight, you know, and I just, I found it funny now, but I used to literally pick up, I always say it in the show, like I would just pick up yeah, the needle. That was that the one, one track, yeah. you know, how every album, you know, that's true, right? Most albums, there's one track at least that you you used to just even classic <laughs> albums. There's one that you just personally don't like. It doesn't mean course, it's bad. Of course, but that but you were, was that you were was that. sort of forced to listen to it unless you were <laughs> unless willing you to like stand up and which go I over did. The record <laughs> yeah, yeah. For so sure. that's my memory of that. I feel like, I feel like there was like a lot of, of soundtracks album. that way. I would listen to oh, like remember the Footloose yeah. soundtrack and oh the, god, uh, so much horrible and, uh, and stuff the in there. Flash dance soundtrack and all the John Hughes, Pretty in Pink, and all those. Yeah. Yeah, let me take a moment and then listen to one of those soundtrack songs right now, baby. Woo! 
That sax rocking. I feel your heart. Feel it. Line. This is the last song on the Footloose soundtrack. They don't write them like this anymore. Hot. 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 Okay. There was some always great, bad ones. Yeah. But also great. I mean, John. <laughs> and so many John, good ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, John Hughes, he, he should he should be a subject oh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> like he just brought in all yeah. this, in, yeah. you know, underground music yeah. into like yeah. the forefront of these things that have given like OMD an yep. entire lifespan that yep. otherwise it that would never have. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, <laughs> yes. I digress. Um, yeah. That Pat Benatar haircut. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the iconic one, but I'm really, I just, I do want to give a little shout out that um, I have been putting it all over the interweb that her new, her latest hair is fantastic where she let it go gray. She let it go straight. Good for her. It's got bangs and long. And so rock and roll hall of fame, the photos from that, she looks amazing and i'm so excited because um i just you know i really want her to kick everyone's ass and i can't wait for that's why this is a timely podcast yeah um what's the date two days two days from now they're going to show that concert on hbo so i'm this is the first year i'm actually going to sit and wait and watch it in excitement to see eurythmics and her and Duran Duran and Dolly year. Dolly Parton. Oh, I mean, it's cra- and Judas year. Priest. I mean, it's the <sighs> it's the craziest best year me? ever. Yeah, That's it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I don't know if you've ever watched the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They put it on HBO every year. This year is fantastic. There is not a dull moment or performance throughout the whole thing. Also, a, a ki- you know, starting out with a killer performance with Pat Benatar. So uh, you know, when you're done with this, check that out. Back to the show. Absolutely. I think she does okay. I'd sort of heard that, you know, in her later years, now that her and Neil have mm-hmm. the 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 rights to everything that they're doing, like anything they put out is on their own record label. They're not going through mm-hmm. Chrysalis. They say they're making more money now off of their recordings oh, than I'm they sure did they back are. in the day because yeah, they I'm just sure had they like crappy labels. And, Bad deals like yeah. most people in that, in that era. Yeah. yeah. But they were always like rebels. They, you know, they went off on their own pretty soon in the 90s where... They were on independent labels and I'm sure that wasn't always by choice, but then they had their own music company and they had their own manager and and avoided all the major agents and stuff. So, Mm. um, I, you know, for better or worse, because that's partially why what we were just talking about, she was never an insider in the music industry. Yeah. But that's one of the reasons when you go your own way like that, you know, you pay the price in terms of visibility, brand, and all those things that keep a lot of artists going with. Um, merchandise and graphic, you know, representation in all kinds of different ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why we don't see her T-shirt at Forever Twenty One and H and M. But that's too bad, and I yet, hope that changes because yet, I want to buy that for all the time. Though, <laughs> if you put on Classic Clock yeah. Radio, yeah, give there it, she is. In an hour, you're going to hear a Bad oh, Benatar song. I know. In any know. number, there, and there isn't just yeah. one. You know, that's no. the great thing. But she's got so many hits, lots of hits. For I, I mean, she's she's coming you know. she's coming to the front of the of the line because she has a great voice. Oh, oh, undeniable. Yeah, no one ever. There's not one person who ever said that was not the case. So that's of course, and that's hard. It's hard to find a singer that everyone acknowledges as a mm-hmm. good singer. Yeah, you know, it's like Steve Perry. It's like. Yeah, she kind of goes with him to me in that way for a female that totally rock singer. I mean, there's yeah, other yeah, yeah. singers like 
Whitney yeah. Houston. That's a different category. And like, ha- just like has there's a yeah. look about her, like her yeah, delivery. Yeah. And, yeah, I, and yeah. I don't know if it's yeah. like just in her, in her video, like the way that she sings <laughs> in a video, the way that she just she's really serious. Like captures that. <laughs> that yeah, it's like she's yelling at yeah, you. Yeah, she's these tough, lyrics. and she's very serious <laughs> and tough. That's her. Yeah, I think that works, and I don't mm-hmm. even know how intentional that is because, like she was saying, I think she becomes that persona by singing those songs because I don't think that's how she is when you just when you're just talking to her. Sure. Although I can see her get, she gets sassy. You know, I love her because yeah. you can tell she's a sassy she, she woman. She does in real life. She and I love her. She yeah. slaps somebody in the industry, oh, I know. Yeah, there's no there's no doubt she's- At least. Yeah, one. and I love that about her too. Um, and she I- kinda, She kind of reminds me of like, uh, like a hockey mom. <laughs> you know, like she's very sweet. She has hot chocolate for everybody, but as soon as she gets into those stands, like she's, she's like-, like <laughs> Maybe so, maybe so. Yeah. Um, too bad she had t- two girls, a yeah. Hollywood girl. Girls, I might add. Um, Hollywood girls? probably never played hockey in their lives. Mm. Yeah, they're yeah. very LA. Are they? Oh yeah, that's what, another show. How old are they? Yeah, they're. Uh, how old are they? Wow, I think one of them's almost um, forty, and okay. the other ones would be in her early thirties. Yeah, and um, she's having grandkids now. These last few years, the oldest one's had, I think, now two or three kids. Oh, so. Wow. They're on Instagram, so I'm fo- I follow okay. them just to, see, right. just to keep up with yeah. what's happening in that's, the that's good in the Geraldo household. Yeah. Neil Geraldo. Wait, Kathy could pronounce his name correctly the whole time. Ugh. Here I am with egg on my face. Hey, you know, there's another thing I forgot to mention. We both forgot to mention. Pat Benatar actually calls her husband Neil Geraldo Spider. I don't know why. Oh, and Neil Geraldo calls Pat Benatar Patricia. Just so you know, if you're having dinner with them sometime, carry on. You know, because you, you were sort of bringing up that point. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that that uh, that Neil and Pat yeah. had each other on the road is, I mean, as far as like mm-hmm. the stability of a person, right? You know, to have the person that you yes. love and want to yeah. be with all the time yeah. on the road while you're going through, yeah. you know, this stress, very and, difficult, navigating. and rises to fame and all of yeah, that. Yeah, rises and drops, yeah. and yeah. And, yeah. and just, yeah. I mean, just. The, the life of being yeah. on the road is a, is a tricky one. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of people succumb to a lot of, um, you know, crutches, and devices. Yeah. 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 And it's, and it's, but I think that's part of it, too. Like, maybe, you know, maybe who knows what would have happened if they hadn't been together doing it because they didn't have those temptations and things because that's mm-hmm. the person they were with the whole time. Yeah. I they mean, had, it helps they you. Some, yeah. They had somebody to, to accountable <laughs> you know, it's, for that. Yeah. You and know? it saves you from those other things, maybe. Uh, yeah. Be, absolutely. Being around. And it's also different that they both do do the music so you yeah. know in all other rock relationships you know they usually end let's face it most rock and roll marriages are really end i mean there, there's multiple relationships yeah. but that's because usually one of them's touring right and one of them isn't yeah i mean that's that's what it is that's yeah. just unless you're an aerosmith like, apparently yeah. they were well, really big about having their wives come along <laughs> okay well they've got a lot of other problems that have nothing to do with wives that's true um and probably multiple wives um yeah. but yeah, they have a lot of other problems. Um, yeah. But I'm just saying that I think the distance is always the number one stressor for relationships. So they avoided all of that mm-hmm. by yeah. defa- by default. By default, yeah. you know. Yeah. But they are interesting. They don't even Neil. He did a couple. You know, he's worked with some other people, but seems content to just sort of, you know, yeah, do the Benatar thing. He yeah, he likes his his place because he didn't really. I mean, he could have gone off and. To, you know what I'm saying? He could have at any point said, I'm going to play guitar. I'm going to be the guest guitarist and tour with some other rock band. Sure, you know, sure. I'm, I'm going to go out with you know, Foreigner he, he or whoever. He did a little bit of that. He did some producing. But producing, but 
Very little compared to what he could have done is all I'm saying. If yeah. he wanted to, it obviously, I mean, he obviously didn't want to, he's happy. And yeah, but that's an interesting choice as well. But one of my favorites is I am a huge John Waite fan uh-huh. and he produced John Waite's first solo album, Ignition. And I love that album. Really? And I didn't know he, even though I'm, I was their hugest fans, even in the eighties. Um, I didn't know. I mean, I think I read it on the album, you know, when you used to read the back of the album, Yeah, I read it on the back of the album, but I never I don't think consciously connected it till much later, like in life where I was like, Oh my God, wait a minute. You know? And I was so excited to find that out. And that he played on my favorite, my favorite John Waite song, but is also one of my top pop rock songs of all history is change Uh by John Waite. There we go. That's my alarm. There we go. We have some, uh, Uh we have a casserole to eat. Yum. Ah, Let me take it out. Wait. Okay. Okay, mm. we are sitting in front of a t- tater tot casserole. Oh uh, my god, I never wh- heard of this before, but I'm I can't tell you how excited I am. I never heard of it either. I frequently like to interject other little facts about bands in order to possibly okay. create a different type of dish that's going to be more reflective on what it is that they did. Um, As I said, my initial thought was a tater tot casserole, which a traditional tater tot casserole is uh, ground beef, cream of mushroom soup, onion, and the vegetable I heard is typically like canned green beans. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But I've never had this in my life. Me either. Um, But so so this one, Mm -hmm. I, I found a recipe for a... Kielbasa, cabbage, tater tot casserole. Mm. And I, I made some alterations. And okay. so essentially the, the, the way to do this is you start with four slices of bacon. So you're already off to a good start. Oh. Um, yes. fr- fry that up. And once it's crispy, you take the bacon out. You keep a couple of tablespoons of the fat. And then you dice up one yellow onion and cook that for about three minutes. After that, you add a chopped up cabbage. I used savory cabbage, which it looks a little sexier than your typical green cabbage. (laughs) From there, I sauteed that for another five minutes along with a a large pinch of red pepper flakes, a couple teaspoons of caraway seed or fennel seed, if you will. Yeah, salt and pepper. Yeah, the caraway seed actually really comes through. Salt and pepper, and then after that, uh, cooks for about five minutes, five to seven minutes. I had your, I had a lid on. Oh, and I also had an idea. I wanted more vegetables, so I ended up putting in a green pepper okay. as well. So okay. there's green pepper. Um, from there, you dice up your your kielbasa. I used about a pound, 16 ounces of kielbasa, chopped up. Threw that in there along with the crumpled up pieces of bacon. <laughs> now, now at this point, the recipe that I saw did not include any condensed soup now oh, to me yeah it's not a casserole if it doesn't have condensed soup no i mean that's the flavor why, it's all about flavor why else do is does condensed soup does it exist? exist nobody yeah. like just makes a bowl no. of of cream Absolutely of mushroom not. soup so so I, I tell you what i i labored i i opened up a can and i looked at it and i was looking at my food and i'm like are these gonna work 
And then I kind of like did a little tasting and I decided yes. So I threw in a can of cream of mushroom soup. It's working. It is, right? We mixed it all together. Then, we, then at that point, I put on a cup and a half of shredded sh- cheddar cheese. And then you top it with a layer of tater tots. Uh, uh, after your tater tots are evenly placed, I put on another cup of cheddar cheese. From there, throw it in the oven. Um, if you're doing it in real time, it says you should take about 15 minutes. As soon as your tater tots are crisped up, then you're ready to go. Uh, this one, I had more of a space in between when I put the tater tots on and when I had my base cabbage, um, um, I guess, bottom layer. So it, it had cooled down. So it took a little bit longer in the oven to cook. Uh, so we gave it another 15 minutes and it came out. Looks looks great. Smells great. The tater tots are nice it and crispy, amazing. which is very important. I've already eaten half of it while Good he was talking, and All right. I hope you heard me. How about uh, I, I eat a little bit, and you, you give me your thoughts on this. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say this reminds me of some kind of bizarre recipe in the suburbs, and I'm mm. surprised I've never heard of it. No. But obviously it didn't hit Florida, because I would, I would know. Um, but it must be maybe perhaps a little regional, this kind of tater tot casserole idea. I, I don't know. The, yeah. You never had a tater no, tot casserole? I, I mean, for real. And I would think, honestly, when you live in central Florida, no. you have experienced, I thought, almost all kinds of good housekeeping recipe types of, you know, suburban wife tips Certainly. kind of foods. But this was not one of them. And it's lovely and fantastic. And you feel like you're eating something authentically ethnic, but yet then you stick the tater tots and cheese on top and you're like, let's just go to Coney Island and call it a day. Yeah. I mean, how it's kind of got a mix of all of it's that. It's kind of like, how are we going to get the kids to eat this? I right. know, put tater tots on top. Yeah. We win but it time. still has that, the, that caraway, you know, gives it that German feel. Yeah. Sauerkraut. Yeah. Feel, which I so, love. I mean, this, I mean, this really like combines oh, all of these. Eth- I'm going to have this again. So I'm going to get the recipe from you. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I've never had anything like this before. T- tons of tater tot casserole. I mean, casseroles were huge no, where I, I grew up in Wisconsin and Wisconsin and Minnesota. And then there's like a debate. I think in Minnesota, they call it a hot dish in, in here in the, in, oh in Wisconsin, they call it a casserole. Wow. But you've got, you know, a bunch of casseroles, your tuna fish casserole. Um, but this, I mean, this wow. is kind of like, to me, like the the base level, every church function, you're going to wow. have some deviled eggs and some jello and someone's going to bring missed, a tater tot see, casserole. I wish, wow, I missed out. <laughs> I missed out on so many ways, by the so way. What, 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 like when you think of Florida typical like housewife food, like what, what, what was like your regularly served items? Um, well, first of all, I do want to say it also appeals to the Czech side of me because Mm -hmm. my other similarity with Pat Benatar is my dad was Czech. And so I have Czechoslovakian and then on one side, and then my mom was a mix of European things. You know what? I'm Czech too. (gasps) No way. Yeah. Uh, I went to uh, Czechoslovakia over, or Czech Republic over the, over the, uh, pandemic searching Uh, for my relatives. That's amazing. Palanova. Oh, I was so going to ask found, you what I the name like, was. Yeah, I okay, for, I knew it wasn't. Okay, yeah. interesting. So, um, But I'm saying we, so this food, I'm genetically predisposed to like Eastern European food. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, I don't know that I had the typical suburban food upbringing because my parents were pretty worldly in terms of food. They, My dad was in the military, traveled around. My mother traveled as well. Um, and so 
we were honestly eating almost more international foods, if I think about it. Probably intentionally, they were trying to mm. introduce me to different countries' foods. So I think I feel lucky in that way because they were actually actively involved with cooking and doing things. Yeah. Um, but when you were out in the world and went to um, PTA meetings and all these things, um, just because I want to say PTA meeting, even though I don't know if I ever went to one. Um mm-hmm. Not tater tot casseroles, though. I mean, hmm. maybe tuna casseroles, yes. Green bean casseroles, you know, right, are always in that mix, like at a Thanksgiving dinner also with the onion crisps. Everybody loves the onion rings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I remember those, about those that. Exist, yeah, those exist for green <laughs> and bean And then I remember more of, you know, when we all talk about, and maybe because you're from the Midwest too, but I mean, we ate all those fantastic, healthy, you know, grocery store staples like Hamburger Helper, you know? Oh, tons. <laughs> we lived off of that right, stuff. Right, because no one cared about health. We weren't health conscious. You know, you know, my, my folks split up when I was about 10. Mm-hmm. And I, I've got two younger siblings. And so largely the cooking responsibilities ended up on my shoulders. Oh, wow. Um, you know, but so there, most things that we had started with a pound of ground beef. You know, right. from there you can make sloppy joes <laughs> or you can like, there's That's a ton another of, one, yeah. you know, or tacos, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the, you just, you open up the packet and, yeah. and, but yeah, tons of hamburger helper. That was like twice a oh week eating hamburger helper. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if I would still like it. I'm sure I would. It's delicious. I used to make it in college year or right after college years. Mm, yeah. And I have, I think I've actually have made it more recently. I have a friend named Daryl. Um, who makes it and eats it regularly. Yeah. He's the king of sort of supermarket specials, you know? Oh, yeah. So he, he likes all those pre- already prepared foods kind mm. of vibe where you do like two things. So he's he's reintroduced me to some of those. Too much salt in that, that prepared no. food. So I, <laughs> that's the one that's thing what that they I'm say. Sort of like, <laughs> there's plenty, I'm sure there's plenty of salt in this with the kielbasa. Oh. <laughs> I am, um, my dad, you know, when my folks split up, my dad want, would make, Kielbasa with canned potatoes. Mm, you ever heard never of? did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just because just like canned potatoes, they're, they're soft. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're already sliced up. So you just wow. throw them in a skillet. And, you know, everything, everything you just kind of like heat it up to the temperature you want to eat it at. Sure. It's not like you've got to cook any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, that's pretty good. Wow. I mean, that was my introduction to, the, to, to kielbasa. I didn't even know there was... I don't think I've ever thought of canned potatoes like in my entire life until I, this moment. They, that was the only time I ever had. Them. Really, I'm never not, thought about it. I wonder it. if you can get them here. I guess here they're more into pierogies, <laughs> you know, because this is a this is yeah. a Polish neighborhood, everybody that I that I live in. So I'm I'm surrounded yeah. by Polish bakeries and butchers. Yeah, and I noticed all that, that stuff. as I was driving here. It's it's kind of lovely, but it's kind of dangerous too. But it is nice that I can get like a, the most gigantic can of sauerkraut for a dollar. <laughs> At any given time, because that's uh, that's big in, in in my family, at least as far mm-hmm. as my son and I go, we will put sauerkraut in just about anything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> big fan. Oh, I love me too. Yeah, me too. God, this this turned out so really good. Right? good. Uh-huh. I think the key is is making sure that your tater tots are nice and crispy. Yes. So that's what and, I like too. Yeah, and so and so I don't know how good the reheated version of this is going to be, right. but as far as this goes, this is just about. Perfect. I'm totally getting this recipe as I head back to Florida you to got share it. with my family. Definitely, I'll put it together. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll have to get it online too. I yes, think. write it up. Yeah, the Pat Benatar. That's I wouldn't get you agree. Uh, one of the <laughs> interviews that I saw is, mm-hmm. is um, 
from them. Cause it seems like food comes up a lot when the two of them mm-hmm. are together. They mm-hmm. talk about it. I think mm-hmm. St. Patty's Day was coming up really oh. soon. And, and Neil was like, oh. oh, I can't wait till yeah. tomorrow. We're going to have corned beef. Uh, okay. <laughs> and I know Pat Benatar has said that we are very much Mark. a meat-eating family, no. which surprises me now to hear more about their daughters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that they they yeah. look like they eat a bunch They're of meat. Yeah. Weight conscious. Of, yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. All right. With that, I think let's let's uh, finish this up off off mic because this food is uh, starting to get a little yum, cold. Yum, it's yum. super delicious. Thank you so much for coming Nate, over, Kathy. Thank you so much. We finally did it. Finally. Let's do finally it again. Did. I mean, we talked about some other great artists oh, I'd love yeah. to talk let's about too. Let's throw it out. You know? Yeah. Awesome. Or, just, or let's just eat. <laughs> Thanks Bye, again. everybody. Cheers. Bye. Benatar. <laughs> Benatar. I wonder where Dennis Benatar is these days. Anywho, thanks so much, Kathy, for sharing your in-depth knowledge with me. That was a great analysis and an interesting meal. Surprisingly delicious. Make one for your next hockey potluck. Tell me if you liked it. If you're in New York City and looking for something to do on Sunday, February 5th, 2023, my Pogues-influenced band, Dark Streets, is playing at Brooklyn Bowl with a Clash tribute band called Straight to Hell. They're playing all of London Calling in its entirety. We're playing the album Rum Sodomy in the Lash by the Pogues in its entirety. And it's going to be entirely a great time. Come out and party like it's 1979 or 1985, whichever. Next episode will be about Dinosaur Jr. I'll get it out as soon as I can, I promise. Until then, this is Nathan Palin saying cook on and rock out. Ciao, ciao.